All right, mic check, one, two, one, two, mic check, one, two, one, two. Recording Disputes Digest for the week of February 19th, 2024. First Disputes Digest of the year. Here we are in three, two, one. Mass arbitration gets massive. The Fifth Circuit gets personal. Jurisdiction, that is. Island arbitration updates from... Island arbitration updates from Trinidad. And then one-sided arbitration clauses and Beijing courts. What does the Chinese judiciary have to say? All this and more on this week's episode of Disputes Digest by Tales of the Tribunal. Listeners, welcome to 2024. I hope that you had a great 2023. I hope that you had a great end of 2023, holiday season, New Year's, and Chinese New Year's. Xinyan Kwaila! We are glad to be back with you for another season, another year of great content from Tales of the Tribunal. More coverage of conferences, attending events, interviews, and of course, what we're doing right now, what we're going to talk to you about today the news. But before we get back to it this week, we want to mention to you a very special event, that is Georgetown Arbitration Month. The 2024 edition of Georgetown Arbitration Month has been an enriching experience that's already underway with a diverse range of panels, which are delving into crucial topics such as ESG and human rights, investment arbitration and construction disputes, sports arbitration, institutional arbitration, and much more. Some of the speakers this year include Dr. Grigia Neon, sports arbitration and sports arbitration and specific attributes of institutional arbitration, among other things. Some of the speakers this year include Grigia Neon, Shireen Forty of Covington, Diora Zayeva of Denton's. Matthew Kaiser of Global Sports Advocates, Kate Porter of Bella Wood, Danielle Mintavoni, Danielle, Min- Danielle Minitove of Phillips ADR, Adriana Usan of SIAC, and many others. By the time you hear this, the final two events of the month will be under. By the time you hear this, the final two. By the time you hear this, there will be just two events left on their calendar, and those are Mastering Cross-Examination, Strategies for Effective Hearings on February 26th, and the Future of International Arbitration on February 29th. You can find the registration links on their website or on their LinkedIn, and we'll include a link to that in the show notes. Now, let's get on to this week's show. Let's kick off our 2024 coverage by diving into legal battles that are highlighting Let's kick off our 2024 coverage by diving into a legal battle that highlights the complexities and challenges surrounding mass arbitration. The skincare retailer Le Coctelaine has filed a lawsuit against the law firm Zimmerman Reed and thousands of its clients. The heart of the dispute? The heart of the dispute? Zimmerman reads alleged exploitation of mass arbitration tactics under California privacy statute, which La Octolane claims is an attempt to force a settlement through the heat of an overwhelming arbitration assault. 
and especially the arbitration fees. Mass arbitration has become a contentious strategy where plaintiff's lawyers file or threaten to file vast numbers Mass arbitration Mass arbitration has become a contentious strategy where plaintiff's lawyers file or threaten to file vast numbers of arbitration demands simultaneously. The tactic pressures companies into settling to avoid the hefty arbitration fees. Zimmerman Reed's approach involving threats of filing more than 3,144 arbitration demands for for purported violations of the California Invasion Privacy Act, CIPA, has prompted LeCoctane to seek judicial intervention. The company argues that Zimmerman Reed's actions constitute misuse of the arbitration process, aiming to extract settlements rather than pursue legitimate claims. La Octane's lawsuit seeks to both challenge the constitutionality of the CPI of CIPA and to prevent Zimmerman Reed from proceeding with their arbitration demands. The complaint alleges that Zimmerman Reed not only failed to adhere to pre-arbitration procedures, but also encouraged clients to generate arbitration claims by visiting La Octane's website deliberately. This, La Octane argues, is part of an unlawful strategy to manufacture frivolous claims for extortive purposes. The backdrop of this lawsuit includes recent amendments to the American Arbitration Association's AAA's rules specifically designed to tackle the rise in mass arbitrations. These amendments, effective from January 15, 2024, include measures such as requiring attorneys to affirm the truthfulness of information filings, introducing a process administrator for early administrative decisions, revising fee schedules to protect businesses from excessive fees, and expanding mediation efforts. This case underscores the ongoing debate of the, over the ethical and legal implications of mass arbitration. It reflects a broader concerns with the legal community about the potential for abuse of arbitration processes and the need for mechanisms to safeguard against exploitation while preserving the integrity of arbitration as a form for dispute resolution. From there, we stay in the United States but head to the realm of legal jargon. From there, we stay in the United States, but head to a different realm, the Fifth Circuit Federal Court of Appeals, where they are making waves that might decide when determining personal jurisdiction. The court said that the contacts related to the party's underlying dispute should need, must be taken into account in a particular way. This decision aligns with other circuits marking a pivotal stance on how courts approach arbitration-related jurisdiction marking a pivotal stance on how courts approach arbitration-related jurisdiction. It's in particular, we take a look at the cases like Pumphrey versus Triad Life Sciences Incorporated and DERA Limited Corporation versus Johnson Controls Inc., where we see how Rule 12 motions can dramatically influence the question of waiver and arbitration agreements. These cases, emerging from the northern districts of Mississippi and Texas, respectively, showcase contracting views on showcase contrasting views on the matter, emphasizing the complexity and nuanced nature of arbitration law. On the other hand, motions to compel arbitration are being granted left, right, and center from insurance disputes from employment disagreements. Courts are upholding the Federal Arbitration Act, the FAA, pushing parties towards 
Arbitration, even when state laws or specific contract clauses seem to suggest otherwise. This is evident in various decisions where motions to compel arbitration have been favored, underlying the federal preference for arbitration over traditional courtroom battles. Although the Supreme Court also made a distinguishment from that presumed preference in a recent decision in 2022. However, the story takes a twist with the Pumphrey and Deere cases where the handling of Rule 12 motions brought waiver into the spotlight. In Pumphrey, the court denied a motion to compel arbitration suggesting that a filing motion to dismiss for lack of substantive merit could indeed waive the right to compel arbitration. Meanwhile, Deere presented a different scenario where a motion to compel arbitration was granted, indicating that early attempts to dismiss don't necessarily equate to a waiver of arbitration rights. These developments highlight an ongoing debate about the role of arbitration in the legal system and how courts interpret actions that could waive the right to arbitrate. As the legal landscape continues to evolve, these cases serve as a reminder of the intricate dance between the federal laws, state regulation, and the strategic decisions made by parties in litigation. In summary, the legal world is abuzzing with discussions on arbitration, jurisdiction, and the strategic maneuvers of parties included in those disputes. As courts across the U.S. navigate these complex waters, the implications for future arbitration agreements and the broader legal strategy are significant, to say the least. We'll be sure to bring you updates as they develop. Next, let's... Next, let's hop over to the Caribbean and take a look at some of the latest and most interesting developments going on around the islands. Today, we're diving into a significant legal update from Trinidad and Tobago, which has made a big leap in the arbitration world. As of 19th of February, 2024, Trinidad and Tobago have officially modernized its arbitration framework with the proclamation of the Arbitration Act of 2023. This new piece of legislation, which draws heavily from the Uncentral Model Law, replaces the country's previous arbitration law dating all the way back to 1939. Talk about a legal facelift. One interesting tidbit is that not every section of the new law is in effect quite yet. Sections 56, 3, and 4, which would provide a 30-day annual tax exemption for arbitrators' fees and expenses in international arbitrations, are still waiting in the wings. The Arbitration Act of 2023 doesn't appear the Arbitration Act of 2023 does not just appear out of thin air. It's inspired by the Impact Justice Model Arbitration Bill of 2022, a guideline aimed at modernizing arbitration laws across the Caribbean jurisdictions. This initiative, supported by CARICOM, the Caribbean Community and Common Market, and Canada's Impact Justice, Improved ju Access to Justice in the Caribbean, is all about bringing arbitration laws in the Caribbean into the 21st century. Trinidad and Tobago isn't the only one in the region getting with the times. Guyana is also on the path to reform its arbitration laws based on the same model. They're joining a club of Caribbean nations, including Barbados, the Bahamas, BVI, Bermuda, Cayman Islands, Dominican Republic, and Jamaica, which have already updated their arbitration laws, largely influenced by the Uncentral Model Law. The pushback the push for modernization in the Caribbean doesn't stop there, though. The Institute for Transnational Arbitration has also set up a Caribbean task force through its America's Initiative, dedicated to helping Caribbean jurisdictions update any outdated systems. 
The update is more than just a legal tweak. It represents a significant step forward in making Trinidad and Tobago and the wider Caribbean a more attractive place for international arbitration. By aligning it with international recognized standards, the region is opening its doors wider to global business and legal dispute resolution. We'll include a link to that story in the show notes. Then for our last story of the week, let's hop to the other side of the globe to Beijing, China. Zhongguo. That could have ripple effects where a decision has been made, where a decision has been handed down by national courts that could have ripple effects across the globe, especially for those of you keen on the intricacies of arbitration clauses in Asia Pacific. The spotlight is on the arbitration clause. That's not your run-of-the-mill agreement. We're talking about asymmetrical arbitration clauses found in a pledge agreement between Cambodia Fiber Optic Communications Network Company Limited, Sofcon, and China Development Bank, CDB. This clause is special because it allows CDB, the beneficiary party, to choose between arbitration and litigation as a dispute resolution method, while CFOCN, the restricted party, doesn't get that luxury. On the surface, it might sound like a choose-your-own-adventure book, but it's caused quite a stir. CFOCN called foul, arguing that the clause should not be invalidated when the People's Republic of Chinese Laws Sifon, CFOCN called foul, arguing that the clause should not be invalid because based on the people of CFOCN called foul, arguing that the, this clause should not be CFOCN called foul, arguing that this clause should be Sorry, editors. People are trying to call me and things are happening. I'm going to make this happen. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. CFOCN called foul, arguing that this clause should be invalid based on the People's Republic of China's laws, which frown upon clauses that offer a choice between arbitration or litigation due to the uncertainty it introduces in the dispute resolution process. However, the Beijing Financial Court had a different take. They distinguish this clause from the prohibited arbitration or litigation clauses, noting that asymmetry here does not cause form conflict only because CDB gets to choose. Does not cause conflict since only CDB gets to choose, and once chosen, the path is set in stone. In this case, CDB opted for arbitration under the China International Economic and Trade Arbitration Center, CTAC, and waved goodbye to any potential litigation in Cambodia, setting the arbitration path as concrete. The court's decision? The clause is valid as a morning cup of the court's decision, the clause is as valid as a morning cup of joe, dismissing CFOCN's complaint. The ruling essentially underscores that the PRC's laws aim to prevent simultaneous courtroom and arbitration battles over the same dispute and not to ban asymmetrical arbitration clauses outright. But here's a twist in the plot. What happens if a new dispute pops up? Can CDB switch lanes and opt for litigation instead? That is the multi-million dollar question left unanswered, leaving us all hanging on the edge of our seats for future clarifications. So what's the takeaway? Asymmetric arbitration clauses might just have their place in the legal landscape of China, but the rules of the game could change with each new dispute. Finally, one more piece of exciting news. Finally, before we get out of here today, one more piece of exciting news before we wrap up, and it involves a friend of the show. That's right, we're talking about legal tech company and giant, Jus Mundi. 
who is making waves with its latest innovation. They've rolled out an early access program for their newest brainchild, the Juice AI Assistant, which is set to redefine the landscape of international legal assistance. This isn't just any legal tool. The Juice AI Assistant is the first of its kind, powered by generative artificial intelligence. What sets it apart, what sets it apart in its is, what sets it apart is its foundation on Juice Mundi's proprietary technology. Juice AI, which harnesses the power of advanced lang large language models like ChatGPT, which harnesses the power of advanced large language models like GPT-4, all fed by extensive global case law database unique to Juice Mundi. This means that the assistant isn't just smart, it's incredibly well-informed with a depth of legal knowledge that expands the globe. But Jusmundi isn't going at it alone. They've teamed up with tech giant Microsoft, ensuring that this pioneering service not only reaches worldwide, but does so with the highest standards of security and confidentiality. This partnership aims to protect the sensitive legal data that the AI assistant will process, giving users peace of mind about the safety of their information. In essence, Jusmundi is on a mission to transform how legal professionals tackle international laws offering them a tool that's not only powerful and intuitive, but also secure and globally accessible. With Juice AI Assistant, the future of legal tech looks promising. Prom With Juice AI Assistant, the future of legal tech looks promising, heralding a new era of efficient and insight for law firms and institutions across the globe. Stay tuned to Tales of the Tribunal for more updates. Stay tuned and we'll bring more updates on how the story unfolds and what it means for the legal community as a whole. And there we go. There we go. That's one rep, only 10 more months to go. Thank you for tuning in. As always, if you enjoyed the show, we hope that you'll leave us a review, a comment, or follow us on LinkedIn. And if you really want to help us grow, tell a friend or colleague and come back for more. Disputes Digest is produced by MoBeta Solutions. Show music is by Joshua and Jaden Campbell. Thanks for listening. This has been Disputes Digest by Tales of the Tribunal. And we'll see y'all next time.